I think you'll find, sir, that there will come a time when black people wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves as other humans are intellectually independent enough to think for themselves, then the black man will think like a black man and he will feel for other black people. And this new thinking and feeling will cause black people to stick together. And then at that point, you'll have a situation where when you attack one black man, you are attacking all black men. And this type of black thinking will cause all black people to stick together. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. And it is the only thing that will bring an end to it. No federal court, state court, or city court will bring an end to it. It's something that the black man has to bring an end to himself. This is Recorded Podcast. Back at it again. I'm here with a special young man, a young king. He's, you're going to know his name real soon. He's uh, doing big things. He's bossing up in a major way. Young man, state your name, gangster. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My name is Charles Bickham, but I go by Duke. I go to Cal Poly University for your computer science major. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, how's the summer been for you? What you been up to and what you like, your wins, your losses, whatever. I know you had a possible internship with the Clippers. They invited you out, everything, and then, you know, other things happened. So speak a little bit about that. Yeah, man, I just, going into the summer, I had a whole bunch of different interviews for my uh, for computer science major, mainly doing, like, IT work and, and development. But I did have an uh, interview with the Clippers. I they, they invited me to the game and all that. It was, it was a good experience, but in the long run, I didn't end up getting the job. So I started just kept looking for other things, too, just trying to get an internship because I didn't want to go back to San Diego and do nothing and work like a little security job like I did the year before. So I just kept grinding, kept grinding, trying to get better at each and every interview, trying to pick up stuff, pick up on stuff. And then I actually got an internship doing uh, doing IT service in a help desk at Farmers Emergency Bank. And so then that kind of opened the door. And so basically what I was doing was it's a lot of older people that work at the bank. So I would have to help them. Or just do like daily tasks, just 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 grinding, man, just grinding. So what I happened was just me networking and stuff. I had got good with the development development team, and that's what I want to do in the long run. So I got good with them, started doing different projects and stuff, and they they, they messed with me. So it was like it was, and I liked them too. So it was just it was like why not? So I kept going hard with that. I kept doing both the IT IT and the development. And I, I got a position offer for next year doing just full-time development. That's what I want to do. Man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. But, like, I, I'm learning patience is the hardest thing to practice in the world. And But it's something that we really need to practice. But, like, sh- talk about, like, how that make you feel to lose out on the Clippers. Like, you got invited to a game. They was doing well. But then – in the end result, you end up doing something and it ended up being good for you. Talk about how it felt at first and then talk about how it felt to overcome and go a different route. Yeah, man. Well, 
man, it's, it's, it's crazy because that was like in January, and I have my I have my eyes set on that. I'm thinking it's the perfect match. It's the Clippers. I like basketball, so it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in there. And it, to me, it was one of my best interviews that I, that I had. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like I know I got this. I know I got this. And then I ended up not getting it. And then after that, I kept getting more interviews, and I wasn't. I had like three or four more interviews after that, and I still didn't get the and I didn't get the jobs. But, man, it, it it was hard, man, keep, to keep it 100 with you. It was hard because it's like you want to give up, but it's like I know I couldn't give up. So I was like, I just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. And then it was like literally I had a job offer doing, but it wasn't something I wanted to do. It was it was a summer camp, and I had already did a summer camp. But I, I was teaching at a summer camp. Like I, I, had a, I, was my, I, have, I had to create my own lesson plans, and I was like an actual teacher. But at the summer, at the job offer that I got for this summer, it was just uh, a regular camp instructor. So, so I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. So I had to kind of like take the risk because they gave they gave me a hard deadline of when I'm uh, gonna be able to accept the offer. So I, I bet on myself. I took that risk. I'm like, I'm gonna get something else. And like a week later, I got the farm, the farmers and merchants position. So I mean, to make a long story short. It was man, it it was hard. And when you do want to give up, that's when you're not supposed to give up. Because man, if I would have gave up, man, my my whole life would have been different. Because this summer really changed my life, man. So now, now that I know that, I'm gonna take that with in the future and just go with that. And that's what Nipsey, you know, like. For me, like, people, like, is starting to get mad. Like, yo, everybody talking about Nipsey. Everybody, like, I really was rocking with Nipsey. Like, at first, I heard of him, like, a while back. But I didn't really listen to a lot of it. But as he was going into uh, Crenshaw and stuff like that, I was like, yo, I I rock with his movement. I couldn't wait. And I heard about the $100, you know, uh, mixtape and all. I'm like, yo, like, and I really started listening to him, like, right before Crenshaw is when I really, really got into him. We share the same birthday, August 15th. It just passed. You know, like, it was like, yo, it's like a real connection. But that's, like, what he was talking yeah. about. Like, have you heard that um, Mustard song uh, with him? The Perfect Ten? It's like, it, the one of the things he talked about, shout out to DJ Mustard, for real, because that was genius to only put one verse, whether he had more verses or not, but then take some of his most impactful interviews and put that in a song because he talked about, I went through every emotion. And that's what people every don't understand. Emotion. You will go through every emotion. You will feel high because you just got a partnership and you did well. And you will feel low when you say something stupid. Like I could say on this podcast at any moment. And people are like, yo, I don't fuck with him no more and shit like that. So, it, it, But the genius thing is not giving up. Jay-Z also said not giving up. Nipsey not giving up. So it's just like, we got to learn to smile through these, like, pain and really, like, it ain't a loss. It's a lesson, you know, and we don't know what that shit is. I I feel like I'm not going to take credit for it, but I might have heard it before. I don't know. I just feel like we are the star of a movie that we don't know the script is. And the name of the movie is called Our Life. We don't know what the fuck the ending is. We don't know what the middle is, and we don't even remember the beginning because we ain't know. We was a baby, so 
You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't even know what, like, you know, the beginning was, but we all play a role. And then the thing is, as we develop and mature and things like that, then we learn, we live and we learn. But in anything, happiness is the key. Your religion should be happiness. You can have whatever religion you want, but a main thing that you should praise and always search and look for is to be happy because I'm telling you, when you unlock that, you unlock everything. Like, for me, you got to love yourself first. Like, I'm glad that this conversation is coming now. Like, a lot of people like, yo, everybody acting like mental health, mental health. Yo, the hood is fucked up. Black people are fucked up. We come from fucked up situations. Look how we got here. Like, I mean, and people like, yo, y'all always bring slavery. Y'all never was slaves in it. But the effects of it is still going on today. And it really, it really hurts from us. Like, even beating your kids and things like that. These are things that was taught through slavery to get you to, you know, to, to listen by beating you. But if I'm more intelligent than you... I should say, you know what, if you my son, I say, yo, Duke, man, that's fucked up. Like, I look at you as a young king. Why would you do something like that? That should hurt way more than me punching you in the face or me kicking you or doing something like that. That should, that, you should feel that shit in your soul. Like, I'm really disappointed in you. You know what I'm saying? That's like, damn. And you got to be a mental, you got to play chess with your children as to where, like, you know what makes them tick, what makes them go and you you can use words more than physical. I mean, when they're young, when you touch a stove, something like that, you're like, yo, I'm going to pop you because you don't know no better. But when we could have a, a mental, you know, sparring match, I got to be Mike Tyson of the mental sparring match. I got to be the king of that shit, for real, because right. I, I'm trying to raise you as a young black man, for real. And shout out to your parents, you know, for raising you to be a young king like they really did a really good job and they do it really with your brothers and sisters they really are really good people and shout out to them your mom angie and big dude every time i hear how do you want it i think of his big black truck banging that shit really really hard <laughs> that shit I, my ears ain't never rang off like that in my life how do you want it but yeah man but a lot been going on i really don't talk about like Topics, because I want my podcast to be different, but I talk about, you know, some, I try to, I, I was told that a podcast, you either want to learn something or be entertained, so I try to do a little bit of both, but I always want to laugh and have a good time, because that's me, but like, the Rich Paul rule, like, that was some bullshit, and it was really some bullshit for black people, they seen that black people was making moves and doing things and really not needing anybody, it's like cutting out the middleman. that's another thing Nipsey like, one of his albums, I think the marathon continues, or one of them, right after, you know, Crenshaw, it was like, fuck the middleman. Like, he was big on that. Like, how do you feel about the Rich Paul rule and, you know, what they trying to do? Why they trying to stop our greatness as being black people? Paul, what, what do you think about it? 
I don't know. I just felt like um, I hate this reference because I don't know how to play chess, but I'm learning. <laughs> I will learn. Uh, they really are playing chess over there, and where everybody's playing checkers. And and what you can say about LeBron James, you can say whatever you want, but this dude to come from a single parent home and know that and living in the projects and stuff like that. LeBron is this thinking. His mind, I don't give a fuck what you think about his basketball. His mind is one of the greatest minds I think we'll ever see. Because what he's doing with these schools, what he's doing with empowering his boys, this is something we have never seen. So whatever you feel about LeBron, as a black person, you got to salute and admire that. For like To think about to quit everybody. And put your boys on. And what I learned also is that in the game, it's a dirty game, that entertainment game. Like, they'll try to try things like, oh, he's going to fail. He's leaving his agents. That's not smart. He's going to mess himself up. Look at it. He's going to put your homeboys on. But look at where he's at now from when he made that decision a while back. He's doing really good. And shout out to Jalen Rose because he had the JRLA Academy first, but um, which was – putting kids through school in Detroit, and then LeBron came with his school and really just took what Jalen was doing and really, like, excelled it to another level level because he's LeBron James. But, I mean, with Rich Paul, it's like Rich Paul could relate to us. He knows us. He knows, like, what right. we're doing and, like, with Rock Nation and different places. It's kind of like I think they're getting tired of seeing us getting fucked over in business and ended up broke. Because, you know, when you don't come from shit, you're going to buy the biggest house, buy the biggest car, because these are the things you feel like you need when you didn't have it. This is what you know. Like, right. I'm going to ball out. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. But really, you want to play the long ball game. Maybe you got to start out small in the beginning, then you grow to it, or maybe you go big in the beginning, then you get small. But I think with Rich Paul and the Rock Nations and the different thing, I think what they're doing is I think they're like, changing, you know, the way we spend our money and helping us out so we don't make the mistakes. They, you know, Jay-Z got the line, Hope did that, so hopefully you don't have to go through that. Like, they really are trying to help us where other people is like, hey, you know, I could get you this money, you're the hottest thing, but then when you broke, it's like, hey, I tried to help you, but oh well. You know, now, like, look at Meek Mill. He's doing very well under the Rock Nation and all of that, so... I think Rich Paul, I, I salute to him, LeBron, the whole team. Yeah, keep keep winning. And LeBron changed changed fucking basketball. Like, briefly, what do you think about him? Because he, and you know what? We also got to get into, like, people got to take these darts early so we can excel. LeBron took right. all those fucking darts, all those bullets, all that criticism, stressing them out. And now look at the league. Everybody's doing it. And and what I'm never going to forget is when he did the decision, whether it was weird, however you feel about it, he raised a million dollars for the Boys and Girls Club that nobody gives a fuck about. The Boys and Girls Club, if you've ever been to one, is a place that, you know, it bonds and people do a lot of stuff through the Boys and Girls Club. So, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about him now, all these years later, the player movement? And stuff like that. Man, to me, man, he, he's a goat on and off the court, man. Like you said, the things that he's done for the kids and all that, 
man, it's huge, man, because he didn't have to do all that. And, and not, not to say anything about Jordan, but you don't see Jordan, you, you know what I'm saying? You don't see Jordan doing stuff like that. It, he may do it, but it, it may not be as monetized as LeBron. But I feel like LeBron is more involved. Like, you, you see LeBron more as a human, kind of. Like, when you think of Jordan, you think of Jordan as a guy. But when you think of LeBron, it's like he's human. Like, you see him at the games and all that with his son getting hyped in the layup lines. Like, you see, it's like, you ain't got to like the man, but you got to respect him. That, that's what I feel, bottom line. You ain't got to like how he plays, but you got to respect him as a man because he, he's doing with a lot of people with money, even more money than him is not doing. So it's like, man, I, I get it. Yeah, and and that's what it's about. Like, just leveling up. Like, we all got to be smarter, and we all got to just do better. And then, like, you know, with football coming up, and I've been feeling really weird about football and different sports and everything, but mainly football because, like, I got into it late in football. Like, when I was in high school, probably, like, 05, 06, I started watching football. It never was big in my house, but then I fell in love with it and loved sports and love watching and everything. But lately, with everything happening with Kaepernick and everything, and I don't know if you've been uh, following this shit with Ezekiel Elliott. Like, they are really, like, Jerry Jones is really, like, you my nigga, and you are going to work for me, boy, and that's it. Like, that that really is just it. And, and, and for me, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, tell everybody I don't support football and I don't like it because I fuck with it. It's very, like, entertaining and stuff like that, but my love for it is, like, hit or miss. It's like I fell out of love. Like, it's like being in a respectful relationship. I was in love with football and the NFL, and then I kind of fell out in love with it because I, like, it's like I seen football was a girl and I seen that bad side of her. Like, I'm like, damn, shorty, I don't really fuck with you like that. Like, I wish you the best, but, like, I don't fuck with you like that because of what they did for, to Kaepernick. And then, like, all these owners and stuff. Like, even I'm a Giants fan New York City, but it's, like, our owner really was, like, do you know how mad the fans would be? The mail I was getting if we signed Kaepernick, they really weren't going to come. It's, like, bro, because your fans are, like, racist and they don't understand, like, the point, so it kind of got me, like, I'm a fan of the NFL, but I don't really give a fuck about the Giants or nothing like that, and we get this mentality of, like, yo, you corny, you can't leave your team and stuff, it's like, this is a different, this is me as a black man, like, I can't look at a team the same anymore after that, and then just how they treating everybody now, like, you know, like, how do you feel about, like, sports and different things, like, even with the Yankees, like, the Yankees, and Boston was one of the last teams to sign a black player. Like, we show so much love and loyalty to these sports teams. I mean, because it might mean something special. You might have grew up watching it with your parents or somebody special or it just meant something to you. You know, like Little Wayne shared a story. Like, when um, the Packers won the Super Bowl, was in New Orleans, his dad came home and brought all this, like, stuff from the stadium, and that's how he became a Packers fan. He ate and drank out of cups. They had Packers stuff on it, so it means something to him. But how do you feel now, like, about, like, football and stuff? Like, because these brothers got to eat, so I can't condemn them and tell them, like, yo, don't play no more, you corny, you a sellout, this, that. Like, how do you feel about football? Man, I feel like, man, I feel like, man, 
Man, I mean, you can't you can't call nobody no sellout over being in the NFL because I feel like it's, it's like what we what, what we dreamed of doing our whole life playing football. So I mean, but I I I don't know that ever since like the Kaepernick thing, I've kind of been steering away from the NFL just because I, that the it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like I knew it was racist. I didn't know how racist it was until I seen the Kaepernick thing. So it's like, man, I don't know, man. It, it, it's just a lot. I feel like it just depends on the person. But I'm always a football just because I grew up watching it and all that. But some, some, something went me the wrong way. And like you said, it's kind of like the girl where, like, oh, you seen that side of it, and it's like, dang, like, yeah, I, I need a couple feet back. So that's, that's how I kind of feel about it. Yeah, yeah, like, just like, so, like I said, I don't really love talking about topics, but obviously it's just stuff that's been on my mind, and if I could relate it to what's going on, I'll talk about it. Um, a dude named Tack Stone that does a podcast, we used to before he got in trouble, he said put the medicine, yeah, he said put the medicine in the candy. So it's just like, for me, what I've learned recently to shut the fuck up. When you don't know about certain situations and what's going on, you have to shut the fuck up. And right now, with Jay-Z and the NFL and stuff like that, we do not know, like, they said that's the headline, is he's going to do the halftime show and stuff like that. But it may be the NFL is using him, but we don't know. So until then, we got to shut the fuck up because Jay-Z has been giving lawyers to people that do not have access to lawyer. That's how people get over on you. Because if you get in trouble right now for something unjust, what your parents going to put up their house and sell, do fundraisers and stuff like that? Jay-Z is putting up money for people to get justice in certain things. Jay-Z and um, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, if y'all watch the free, free meat thing on Amazon, uh, they were putting up money and resources and helping getting them out. Jay-Z did the Khalif Browder documentary. If you don't know his story, it's on Netflix where this dude was incarcerated over a bread truck, stealing a bread truck. He said he didn't do it, and he was locked up forever and wouldn't admit to it. And he stayed on Rikers Island, the worst jails in New York, for like two years because his family does not have the money. So Jay-Z's providing resources. He currently came out with an album to, like, you know, his last album, like, his best album to me because it's like he finally got to that conscious state that he he probably always wanted to be into. But he's a businessman at the end of the day. He's right. like, yo, like, I did what he said in a black album, which was supposed to be his last album, I want to rap like Common Sense, but I sold $9 million or something, and I ain't rap like common sense. He was like, yo, he's like, yo, like, this shit makes me money. And this is what I want to talk about and relate everybody to this right here. We all, as black people and other people dealing with stuff, but I'm talking to black people, my people, because this is what I understand. And if you think we're racist because we talk about a lot of black issues and things like that, you probably need to check in yourself in the mirror because it probably makes you uncomfortable when we talk about that. But, um... You know, it's just like, uh, I don't know, like, when we disagree and stuff like that with each other, we got to find another way to, like, do it. We need to do it quietly. 
Like, if you do some shit and you wilding out and you saying, like, oh, yo, fuck Reg, this nigga podcast, wacky shit, this nigga, blah, 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 blah. So I go on my shit, like, oh, yo, no, fuck dude, because nigga, you blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Everybody get entertained. Everybody having a great time. They laughing and shit like that. But it's hurting each other. But it could be, like, damn, me and you were going to do something together. And then, you know, now it's not. Now, I lost my whole fucking train of thought just a minute ago. But it finally came back. My train of thought was the trauma. Jay-Z comes from a single-parent home. From a mom that in 444, he talked about a song like, she wanted to be, she's gay, but she wanted to be with a woman, but she know the shame and hurt it would cause her children in that time in the 70s and early 80s. So she would live this lie. She would be single and she would like somebody, but she wouldn't really be with them. So Jay-Z grew up seeing that. Jay-Z was poor. I think Jay-Z shared his brother's pants. He did a lot of things like that. So when Jay-Z got on, it, it, it took him over. It's That money took him over because it was like, I come from not having shit, and I don't ever want to feel like that again. Never, never, right. never. And I just think that's what we all need to understand, where people coming from, that trauma. And all things is really going to come, like, end up to trauma, like, in bad things of in the past and we just got to find a different way to disagree because like even with meek mill it's like when he was battling drake or whatever everybody thought it was funny i raised my hand i thought it was funny one time i posted a picture of uh nikki with the uh bride with the groom outfit and meek with the uh uh bride outfit on because i thought that shit was funny i thought it was funny and shit like that but like when I back to my original point where we gotta learn to shut the fuck up, I did not know that he had a judge that was on his ass in a case and everything that he did not do. And later on, if you watch the doc and he talked about it before, he had developed a Percocet addiction mm-hmm. off of a toothache because of this court case and this and that. So Jay Z had trauma from being poor. Meek Mill had trauma from being poor. Um, it's a pattern. If you see what I'm going to, it's a pattern. Like, we have trauma and pain, but we have to learn as a black people to how to reverse that and how to talk to each other in a different way. Like, when I'm at work and stuff like that, white people, they do it too. They'll try to, like, blast each other out sometime, but really, they kind of do it behind closed doors. It's us. They got the love and hip-hops, and there's different white shows, too. I'm not knocking that, because that's what I never want to do. Like, I'm a natural-born hypocrite, and what I mean by that is that I'll think some shit is dumb or be so strong about it, and then I'll grow and learn about a situation, and i change my mind. So that would make me a hypocrite. So I'm a hypocrite trying to get better. I'm a, 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 a proud hypocrite because I want to get better. Like, I want to get better and learn. And I used to feel like social media was bullshit, like kids are soft, because they on social media and, like, crying about bullying and stuff like that. But think about this, right? You you do. You you grew up in the social media era, shit like that. If you get in a fight, get beat up real bad, that shit goes viral. And when I mean viral, not just in your school, around the fucking world. Around the world, Goes like crazy, 
that's a big deal. But for me, being younger, I'm like, yo, these kids are soft. Yeah, man, we couldn't crack jokes, all this. Back in the day, they saw it. But now I got to step back and think, damn, they ain't have this when I was younger. Like, yo, like, I can't get beat up and, you know, go viral. Like, I mean, because I didn't grow up in that era. So it's just like, for me, like I said to my original point, man, like, all of us black people from slavery and on, we have real life trauma. We do a lot of things because we hate ourselves inside or we hurting from something that nobody knows about, like the Meek Mill situation. Jay-Z comes from real poverty. He didn't want he never wants to feel that again. But if he's doing something and changing and, and it ends up being something great, that's good. But we gotta stop the whole like, oh sell out, sell out, and this like we gotta stop that until we understand what's going on. Now if he it's bullshit, and it's all a money grab, by all means, go at him. And another thing is, too, you Duke, right? It's you, it's yeah. God, it's your family. You got to believe in you the most. Jay-Z can't do shit for you right you. now. You don't know Jay-Z at all. What the fuck you look like riding so hard for him, and you don't know shit about him? But you have you. You have to ride for you. So if Jay-Z does something you don't like, and y'all... Man, he broke my heart. You used to like me. Man, like yourself, man. For real, like man. Like yourself because you have to truly love yourself first before you love anyone. That's the realest shit I've ever heard because when I really start loving myself and soul searching and digging deep, it's been great for me. It's been really good because I, I live in a world in my mind that nobody can knock me. Nobody close to me. Can knock me and tell me I ain't shit because I believe in me the most. I'm proud of me the most. And I hope that for, man, for everybody. So I just say, like, for us, like, as a whole, we not perfect. And it's funny, like, it's corny if we just sit here like, oh, we can't joke on nobody no more. Yo, if I wear a trash outfit, if I say something stupid, if I fall and a nigga see me, hey, bro, let's roast, let's laugh. This is what we come from. This is our culture. But, like... When somebody is helping us and we may not get it or understand, let's just like wait a minute before we really, really go in. Cause you know, you never know. Like like how do you feel about the Jay Z situation? What people talking about uh around you? Man, I, I haven't really talked to I, I talked to my cousin Rodney about it and basically we we just talk we just chopping up talking about it, but we we really don't know the details of what he's what what he's going to be doing or whatnot. But I say it's just a waiting game right now because we really he could go in there and do and actually help. Cause if yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, but did you see when they asked him about the Colin Kaepernick about the kneeling and all that? Yeah, I think he said we do know what he was kneeling for, so it's now it's time to move past that and do some action. I, I'm not. Right. And, I, yeah, I don't know, but that's what I seen. And and I, I I agree with that, and I believe for for stuff to start changing, we have to start acting on this. So like like with the police officers, with like the police brutality, brutality and all that. I feel like if we get more black people in here, then it's gonna start changing. But I don't know. That's that's how I think. I feel like you have the people have to be in that position of power to actually to actually change 
and and that's what Meek Mill like. Everybody watch that free Meek man. What Meek Mill um talked about is like when he met the um part owner of Philadelphia and he meets with Robert Kraft and stuff like that. He tells them like, you know, if I steal a candy bar right now, I could go to jail for two to four years. If I do this, and I didn't even do that, like uh, all these crooked cops and stuff like that, and they bothering me, you know, like it's like yo, like he, and then with the dude visiting him in jail, the Philly owner and stuff, it was just like whoa, like I didn't even know, and that's what a, a lot of people got to understand and come in our world and understand what they just think black people just complain all the time, like. Uh, here y'all go again. Y'all complaining about something, but we, we do be complaining, but it's it's not as bad as they make it seem like. No, no. I mean, some people definitely like. We ain't gonna front like some yeah, people. We're not gonna act like you know what I'm saying. We're not gonna act. If you go to work late every day and you try to say it's because I'm black, no, nigga, it's because you're fucking late all the time. Like, oh, yo, yo, y'all tripping on me, nigga. I'm like, no, bro, you're late every day. Like, that's why I'm tripping on you. But, you know, like, what I want to do with this podcast and beyond, it's like, yo, if I'm wrong, please tell me. Like, I need a lot. I need more topics to talk about in the comments and stuff like that. And as a man, I got to understand where you're coming from. And I got to have a rebuttal to what you're saying. And at the end, we'll come to some type of conclusion. It is great. I'm learning. I used to be very afraid to speak my mind on issues that, like, with my parents or with anybody that I didn't feel was right. But after you do, it really feel like a burden is lifted off of you because you got it off. But nobody will know until you tell them. So you got to really, like, yo, I got to get that off of me. And you got to say it. So... Honesty, it's just the way we go about it. You could say anything to somebody. You could be like, yo, yo, fuck you, Duke. And you're like, yo, what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, yo, yo, man, why are you talking to me like that? Like, that really hurt my feelings. But if I said, fuck you, you're going to be ready to, like, fight or do that? Like, yo, what's wrong with you? Like, yo. So I, I, I just hope for us that we really, you know, what Malcolm was saying in the beginning of this podcast, Malcolm X, um, and just, I hope we really, really change. Cause I'm telling you, man, start a podcast. If you make music, if you do anything, man, it's social media. We better figure it out before they do, because it's really opening doors. You know how many now hiring signs I see everywhere. I seen on, uh, Instagram somewhere that more places are starting to overlook drug tests. They starting to overlook past stuff. Because everybody quitting and they doing their own thing. That's what I think is happening. People are becoming... You, a YouTuber is a real profession now. Like, it really is. Like, it really is, man. And, I mean, podcasts are special, man. Shout out to the Joe Budden podcast. Shout out to Brilliant Idiots. Um, shout out... Um, I just uh, listened to this podcast called Earn Your Leisure. And they talk about financing. They're talking about, like... Leasing a car versus owning a car. They're giving us game right now. So, we we just really got to change stuff up, man. We really do. Okay, so we're back after another technical difficulties. I need you Negroes to uh, give me some advertisement so I'm not a bum-ass nigga anymore. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, but I'm going to clean that up in the edits. But um, I got this new thing. I think I like it. 
It's called speaking into existence because I do believe in vision boards. Like I said, I look at it now. Nipsey had one. A lot of successful people write stuff down every day or look at it. And I also believe in speaking things into existence. The power of the tongue is very strong. So, Duke, you got a lot going on in your life. Like, um, I guess, like, I guess let's just say maybe the next five years, speak it into existence, what you'll be having going on in the next five years in your life. The next five years, I want to be graduated from college, have a job, and have my own business on the, on the side, and eventually t- reverse that role so I have my own business and a job on the side, and then all my college debt uh, paid off. Man. So that's my payment in the next five years. Man, that's what is up. That's what I like to hear. Man, all the best to you, man. I just want to, you know, give you your flowers now. You're a very great young man. You've always been academically good. I mean, and you, like, what people don't know is, like, we weren't around each other a lot. Like, probably in life, we might have seen each other, like, five or six times. You just gravitated towards me, and I try to show the love back. You know, like, if somebody really rocks with me, I try to rock with them back and give game and stuff. But, man, your, your future is bright. You're going to develop apps. You're going to develop all kind of stuff. And that business, everything will be done. And you're going to pay. It's going to feel good to pay that college debt off all in one lump sum. And everything, man, mm-hmm. that greatness is in you. It ain't on you. It's in you. So you just got to let it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, hey, man, thank you so much. All the best. You know, we talk at least once a week, every two weeks, something. So, we'll be catching up. And, I mean, we'll watch football every once in a while because we do love it. We just don't love what's going on, you know. Right. Yep, yep. So, this is Recorded Podcast.